When running a business, your employees can create all kinds of interesting situations, like getting complaints because someone on the team always smells horrible. You better talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Bambi's U.S.-based personnel are dedicated to your business, giving you access to the HR expertise and personal touch you need. HR managers can easily cost $80,000 per year, but Bambi starts at $99 per month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Visit Bambi.com slash C-Suite right now. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash C-Suite. Bambi.com slash C-Suite. Megan Gibson. The well-being of one person in a family affects the whole family system. This is a supportive community to share research, resources, stories, tips, and life hacks to keep the family brain healthy. Hi, and thanks for listening to The Family Brain. I'm your host, Megan Gibson. And today I will be talking with Mary Claveris. And actually, I spoke with her a while ago. We did this recording back when the world was not dealing with a pandemic and things were very different. So it's always very surreal to do. I typically do the introductions after the conversation and there's been a good chunk of time between this conversation and this introduction. But what Mary talks about still rings true today. She has a organization called Transitions Collective that helps women um, become entrepreneurs. And she started her own business called Brief Transitions to help women through the postpartum stage. She found that, you know, those little special, well, you maybe don't know, women get little special mesh underwear in the hospital after having a child. And she found that she was not able to access that resource once she got out of the hospital. And so she created a company so that women would have access. But also she's creating conversations around things that often don't get talked about. The, the, um, sides of motherhood that are not as discussed. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Mary and stay well. Hi, Mary. Hi, Megan. <laughs> Thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me. And I'm just so excited to learn from you and find out about all the things you're working on. Um, one of the things that got my attention about you is that you're just creating really cool opportunities for women. And I was wondering if you could just talk a little bit about some of the things you're doing and what sort of got you, I know that's a couple questions, but what sort of got you to that point? What got you interested in making sure that pregnant moms, postpartum moms are being taken care of? Sure. So a lot of what I'm doing today stems from my own needs and my own experiences through pregnancy and childbirth and afterwards. So actually for when I had my first daughter, I had an emergency C-section and the hospital gives you these wonderful mesh underwear to wear afterwards. And I ran out of them. And I, I literally, I had my mom go to the store looking for more and she couldn't find any. So she came home with granny panties and I had to cut the elastic 
waistband in the side because it was creating a lot of pressure on my midsection and like over my bandages and everything. And I asked myself and I kind of, I got mad and I said, why aren't mesh underwear available for women? I mean, pregnancy and childbirth is such a, such a hugely pivotal time in our lives. It was for me. And, and, you know, it kind of just started from that. And I, I wanted to, to do something to help women because I feel like, you know, everyone's concerned about the mom when she's pregnant. And then as soon as the baby's born, the attention shifts to the baby. And we really do need to be supporting the mom at that time too. So Brief Transitions as a company kind of, it came out of that need to want to offer and do more to help postpartum moms. What I love about the business and just the concept and that you actually did something about that is that realizing it at sort of a difficult point when you're recovering from surgery and have a new baby. And in the first place, I think a lot of women hesitate to, to start something big like that, but also you have just gone through something major. Like it's cool that you held on to that idea through the recovery, because I think that would be the the problem for me. Like, oh yeah, I remember being annoyed about that. And then you just kind of move on. Right. That's true. I don't, I, yeah, very honestly, I don't know how it kind of stayed with me. I definitely didn't go starting it like while I was, you know, only six weeks <laughs> with like a six week old or something, but, but yeah, it did, it did stay with me and it kind of happened over time. Like I slowly started to ask myself questions. My background's in pharmaceutical manufacturing. So I come from the, from the manufacturing space. And I kind of thought to myself, well, what would happen if I try to find someone that could make this? I mean, they're being made right now, obviously. So can I do something and can I make them more available to people? And it was, it was over really like a couple of years. I want to say I would do one thing and then stop and then do something a couple months later and stop. But it, yeah, the idea did kind of hang with me until I really got enough steam to, to, recognize it in a bigger way. What about the Transitions Collective? Uh, It sounds like you have gone from creating a product to also wanting to be supportive of other women who want to do something similar or who are sort of working through an idea. And what I love about all of this is that I think you're exactly right. It's like we haven't had some of the products we've needed. And and I think sometimes it's just easy to be like, oh, well, you know, or or, or think somebody else is going to do it. but I love that that you're helping motivate women to sort of okay, well, what can you, what part can you play, and and sort of maybe de- demystify some of the process. Does that sound right? Yes, exactly <laughs> to all of that. Because so the transitions collective started because I was I was working my corporate job and I was building brief transitions on the side, and I. I was looking for community. I was looking for other people going through this. I thought, you know, are there other moms that are trying to build businesses? I mean. I have at that point, I had two young kids. Then I had just had my second child and I was like, you know, are there other people that, that get me and get what I'm going through juggling all these things? And it turns out there's a lot of us. And I really do think that there's a movement, especially for, for moms, for a few reasons. One, it's because after, after you have a baby, like so many things in you change, like becoming a parent and you know, work even I think takes on a different meaning and, and women are looking for more meaning in their work and also more flexibility a lot mm-hmm. of the time. 
And they kind of start, you know, they sometimes might start on these projects. Mine started as a project like, oh, maybe I could do that. Mm-hmm. You know, but when we all kind of come together, I mean, there's a lot of incredible moms and parents building businesses out of needs that they had. And I really think that the way we can all do that is by like supporting, the way we can all be successful is by supporting each other through that. So that's what the Transitions Collective aims to do is really provide the the community around having moms building businesses and kind of cheering each other on because, you know, we're our own worst critic. Right. And if we don't all stick together, I mean, who who's going to help us, you know? Right. Yeah. No, I love that. Well, and I, I think that this is one of the ways, one of the many ways that technology has really helped us is that there's so many options for flexibility now. where you can work in a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to be somewhere where you're showing up all the time. And maybe you have to show up somewhere periodically. Mm -hmm. And just as a mom who wants to be available to your family, that's huge. I mean, that's just something that women didn't always have access to. Right. I mean, unless they're, I guess you you could bake a pie out of your kitchen or something like that. (laughs) (laughs) But there's just such a bigger world open to us now in terms of, um, you know, sort yes. of staying connected in that way. Yes. It makes it so much easier. A lot of, a lot of the women that I've met actually, so I'm, I'm based in New Jersey and there's quite a large community of mom business owners, um, that we've connected in person, but there's also so many online and technology gives us it just so many tools and resources to be able to like make those connections even stronger or connect people. I've connected people from my local community with people that I know in other cities and other states. And it's, it's been amazing. So I do love that aspect of it too. I love that. So in work, in your work with moms, and I'm sure it's moms with kids of all different ages, but what are some of the things, particularly with moms who are new moms or that their family size has changed recently, what are some of the struggles that you hear from the women you work with and the challenges that they face that are just maybe not anticipated? I think time and time management definitely comes up a lot and, you know, not having the time or not feeling like they have the time. Um, Also the stress and the pressure of being pulled in so many different directions. I think as moms, especially as new moms, there's a lot of conflict and guilt over the feelings that you feel about either, you know, I need to be with the baby and then, but you also need time for yourself, right? So I'm not with the baby for five minutes. Oh, but I need to go back and be with the baby. You know, there's, there's a lot of internal struggle and I think, I mean, I think it's important for, for the rest of us to support new moms through that because I, I see a lot of that, yeah. you know, whether it's like they don't, they don't take time for themselves or they're prioritizing other things and then they're all the way at the bottom of their own list, you know? Yes, I do. And I think it's sometimes, even for myself at least, it can be an ongoing process. You know, I maybe yes. I felt it when I first had my first child in a certain way. I remember still like feeling like I was always on the clock when they were napping Mm -hmm. and I had to get every single thing I've ever thought Mm -hmm. of done in that chunk of time. And it was so anxiety producing. Yep. And, but I, that was the message I was sending myself, like Mm -hmm. better get it done now. And so I was just in this frantic mode. And even now my kids are older and I still, you know, but I, I'm a little bit more, a lot more gentle with myself about what my needs are and what is necessary and 
but but I think that's a process of almost like mm-hmm. developing your own parental philosophy of like how we do things and what's okay and what's not okay for me. And that could yes. be different for someone else. Yes. I think it looks differently for everybody. And the the struggle really is in the time that it takes to figure it out. Yeah. And it does come with with time. So that's that's a big reason why I use the word transitions so so much in in so much of what I do because I feel like we're always in transition with something, whether it's having a baby or I mean kids change like you you blink and they're in a new phase or they're having a growth spurt, you know, so you're constantly having to readapt for each of those transitions. And then there's also business transitions, just so many things. And I think every time you enter a new space or a new level, there's a new learning associated with it, even for the things that unfortunately also for the things that you feel like you've already mastered. <laughs> yes. Like, here we go again. As soon as you yes. get comfortable, like, oh, I nailed that. Then it comes like yeah. in, in a different costume, it shows up and you're like, yes. wait a second. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and that's why I really, uh, I'm trying to be as inclusive in this podcast as possible because I know there are specific things that happen through pregnancy or through adoption when you're growing your family. But I mean, I almost still feel like there's ways that I'm postpartum now, like still adjusting Mm -hmm. to my role. And is this what I want to be doing or how would I, how would I adjust it to sort of have it be more optimal for me and for everyone else involved? And so I I do love that idea of sort of that. It's not a, it's not a one day event, an ongoing process. Unfortunately. Yeah. If, if, (laughs) whether we like it or not. (laughs) Right. Right. And I feel like those are always the things you learn the most from, right? The things you don't necessarily wish for, but you're like, oh, okay. I see yes. why why that costume presented yes. itself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so what about, I know you talked about some of your passion for women came from some of your own experiences. What were some of the the most surprising things to you that that you didn't feel like you were anticipating in becoming a parent? Oh, there was a lot I didn't I, anticipate. Yes, same here. I thought I could read a couple books. Yes. And I, if I like studied, because I'm kind of type A, yes. if I studied, I'd be good. And that's yes. it's a really different event. Very different. Yeah. I So for me, I think the thing that took me probably the most by surprise was, was how much I needed to focus on my own recovery. Um, I think I, I wasn't really expecting that. I was like, okay, you have the baby and that's it. And, you know, and then it's like, focus on the baby. Um, but for me, because I did have the, you know, the challenges that I had and, and I believe actually it was part of my experience and that's, that's how I became so passionate about brief transitions. I needed to have that story and that experience. Um, but while I was in it, of course, I didn't, didn't know that. Um, so, so yeah, I would say that was probably the biggest thing for me was just not expecting to have to take things so slowly, especially with a C-section, you know, and not expecting like to just not be, not feel like me and my body. That was really, you know, upsetting to me. Yeah. No, I, I can relate. I also had, I had three C-sections and, um, it, but my plan, I mean, this is sort of the introduction to parenting. My plan yeah. was to do yeah. a natural birth. So this was right. like a very, that's very good of you. I did not even have that plan. Well, I mean, only because I read about it and kind of right, was like, right. you know, okay, sure. How yeah, hard could it be? Nice, like, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I think, I, no offense to the people who do natural births. I think it's, it's amazing, beautiful, wonderful thing. Um, but it's just such an extreme to go from 
that was my thought process, you know, right. Natural birth <laughs> to emergency C-section. And, right. um, yeah, it's a very interesting experience too, to feel like you're not necessarily in charge of the decisions that are happening. You're kind of like, wait, what's happening now? Okay. Mm -hmm. And wait, I'm not allowed to leave. What did yep. I do wrong? Right. <laughs> like, right. I had high blood pressure after, <laughs> after the experience and, um, they just wouldn't let me leave. And I'm like, but I'm ready now. I'm ready. Yeah. With my yeah. second child, I was ready to stay. Like I'll stay two months. Yeah. I'm good. Yes. Like I'll just keep pushing the button. And that was, that was, that was totally me too. Yeah. I mean, you're like, oh, I've never gotten such lovely service. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. No, there's go it, back home to nobody. What? Yes, totally. No, I agree. I think that sometimes the, um, I almost think that some of the process of birth and, and things not going as you expect does sort of, it's that, that big preview for what the rest of the parenting journey is like, because yes. it, it, you can plan all the things you want. Right. Into your, you're very right about that. I know the planning gets you nowhere. It's a waste of time. Don't do it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so what kind of things, um, I know you talk about supporting women as they re-enter the workforce. What do you, what would you say are some of the, I guess I shouldn't say the workforce, just return to doing something, whatever that is in, uh, in their homes, outside of their homes. I guess that is the workforce. You know, I mean, that is the yeah, workforce. It's yeah. just a different, mm -hmm. it's not right. the office. Right. You know? For yourself or for someone else. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. What are some of the biggest obstacles that you see people facing in, in finding and following through and getting that done? I know you said time management. I'm ju just wondering yeah. what that looks like in terms of, uh, I don't know, working with other people in your family, i.e. your partner or like what, how to, how, what are some of the, the obstacles you see in that department? So I, I think one of the big things or one of the big things for me was not feeling like I was really back mentally, mm -hmm. um, just because it's such, you know, such a big process. And then here you are like six or eight or 12 weeks later, you know, whatever, trying to go back to work and trying to do things and show up. Cause I, I did go back to a corporate job, but after both of my kids and it's, it's weird and it's frustrating to feel like you're not on point because your brain is in so many different directions. And I think even as it relates for, for my husband and I, you know, I was always kind of operating a lot of the things around the house and I felt very scattered when I was trying to do that afterwards. Like I just couldn't, I just couldn't really do it. So, I mean, he was, he was a huge support and I fully like, love and appreciate every part of that, but it's still what you're going through as a mom is just so different. And I think that's probably what I struggled with the, the most. And I think what a lot of women struggle with in terms of like having to kind of feel like you have to turn back on and your brain's not really fully there. No, that makes sense. And especially, I mean, the, the sleep deprivation, I feel like yeah, yeah. people explain that to me. And even when you're in it, you're like, no, I know, but everybody does it. So I guess that's just how it is. And I think until you get out of the sleep deprivation, yeah. do you realize how much it's impacted you? Agree. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm really not good when I don't have sleep. Some people are, are, okay with it or do better than others. I'm not one of those others. Neither am I. I'm one of the others that don't. Right. And Doesn't that's another interesting thing that I've just been reading about is just, I think 
it's easy to think like, oh, well, I just need to get it together, you know, but it's just mm-hmm. everybody's bodies process things so differently. And, um, so differently. You're right. I think you're right about just, it's, you have to be compassionate with yourself if it's something that's harder for you. Yeah. And it took a lot for me to, I, I mean, I didn't realize even some of that for more of how I operate, like, most effectively, what works best for me, that a lot of that I didn't learn until these last couple years that I've been on my own. So I, I left my corporate job in twenty eight early 2018. So it's coming up on two years that I've been on my own. And that's where I've learned more of the things about, okay, what works for me. It's, mm-hmm. it's actually forced me more to learn those things about myself, um, where before I don't think I would have looked at it as much, but it plays a huge part in your day-to-day life. Yes. Well, and it sounds like you probably have more of an option to figure out what works for you and then do it. Yes. Whereas when you're at a job and this is what's expected, you show up at this time, this is when you leave, this is when you could, I mean, I'm not saying that it's not all jobs are as rigid as that, but it's, you don't necessarily always have as much wiggle room to figure, figure out what works for you. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I, I mean, I personally don't think, I mean, there's some companies that are, that are doing great things to try to you know, advance like women and, and support, um, women and health, uh, you know, after pregnancy and childbirth. But I think corporate America has a long way to go on that. And, and yeah, it's just, it's another, it's a, a struggle for women to have to deal with. Like, I, I mean, we, I mean, we could even talk about things like breastfeeding. Like I, I went back to work. I, was lucky enough to take a few months off. I went, I went back to work when my daughters were five and six months. And even then I was trying to still breastfeed and pump and just the, the amount of energy and work that that requires, it doesn't fit into the box of a nine to five, Mm -hmm. you know? That's one of the questions that I was thinking is what do you think sort of corporate America or just our culture in general could do better to support moms, to, to make help moms feel almost more welcomed, you know, yeah. like, I mean, you can say, we want this, we want, we want moms, we, we want you to come back. That's one thing to say that, but how do you make yeah. sure that you actually feel welcomed? I think put more moms in charge, honestly, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of the people that are making the decisions are people that do not have that personal experience. It's hard to, you know, that's, that's why so many women, drop out of the workforce when they do like around the age of having children or they get, you know, stuck in whatever level they're in, in their career. And it's because there's not enough people that can relate to them and what they're going through. The amount of compassion that one mom has for another mom compared to either someone that doesn't have children or, you know, a higher level executive that has help with their children, you know, it's just, it's just not the same not the same thing. Um, so I think, I think we need more people that are relatable and and really supportive and actually know what it's like to go through that. And if we did, then we would probably have better care even for longer, you know, maternity leaves and stuff like that without the threat of losing your job. I mean, the minute you become a mom, it's, it's like people look at you differently and they think that you can't do your job anymore because you're too focused on your kids. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that? Well, and what's interesting too is when you say that, it reminds me that 
it almost is a trickle down too to the to men in the workforce too because mm-hmm. it's like they can't show any piece of that either and, right. and it it would almost right. free everybody up you know yes. it's not just for the women it's like it frees everybody up to say what they actually fully care about and not just Agree. no i don't just care about you know these documents we have to review Agree. that's not yeah. the only thing i care about and right but yet i'm still going to work really hard at it right it's yeah. not right it's not like i'm not going to do my job or try to do the best I can at my job. But yeah, I mean, my husband went back to work exhausted too, because I couldn't, I couldn't handle it all on my own. And, and he was very helpful, but then he was tired at his job, you know? So it's, I think there's a lot of, of things that could be supported more if they were more out in the open and relatable people related to them. Yes. There's a, place that my friend is involved with called the Jane Club. Have you heard of that? Oh, no, I haven't. It's like a club for moms and co-working space for women. And I'm sure there's other things like this, but I just thought that was such a cool concept, like as a place to sort of recharge with people who are going through similar things. Mm -hmm. And um, I love that idea. There's, There's so many things. And another reason why I'm like you know, passionate about supporting moms is because there's so many things that moms are building to, and I, you know, I don't know in that case, but in a lot of cases, they're building things to, to help other moms and kind of blaze the trail on things. Mm And yeah, it's really powerful. I think very, very powerful. Yeah. We need to give them that space to work. Mm -hmm. I actually Mm -hmm. saw an interesting article about, uh, my son always makes fun of me. Oh, did you get that in an article, mom? Like, (laughs) yes, I did. Sorry. I read. Yes. Um, but it was just power. (laughs) (laughs) But it was talking about women who, I mean, it's sort of the Virginia Woolf concept of a room of your own, but that, that the women who were sort of more prolific writers years ago didn't have all these other people to take care of because they had this time carved out. And it's like, how do we figure out how to carve out that kind of time and still have the families we want to have and still do this? And I, I, I get that you can't do everything, but there's got to be a way that it's not like you're constantly on call for everyone else's needs. Yeah. But I don't I agree. think that's as easy to do as we might like. No, it's definitely, I mean, it's not easy because we're extremely, I mean, I have this situation all the time. I'm extremely hard on myself. I think a lot of the time as women, we're extremely hard on ourselves. And then also like the rest of society is pretty hard on us too. Mm -hmm. There's like so many things telling us to be this way or act that way and all of that, that it's, it's a whole bunch of noise. So how do you, how do you carve out time when you're trying to, you know, do all of these things? I mean, I don't, volunteer for the PTA at my daughter's school because I have a lot of other things going on. Would I like to? Yes. But I just, I need to make some choices. But then sometimes when I go there, do I feel bad? Yes. Because I feel like, oh, I should be also on the PTA, you know, but, but no, we can't all be doing all the things all the time. Well, and it's interesting. I had a friend who was working in a corporate job and then she took some time off and was more involved in that kind of thing, the PTA. And it wasn't, it wasn't that she wanted to do that instead, but more like it gave her a, an appreciation, like how awesome. I'm so thankful for these people yes. who, who do this because gosh, it really keeps things running. 100%. You know, and I think the more we can see, like we need everybody. It's yes. just, and but know that everybody's trying their best to do all they yes. can, but you can't do it all. You can't. It's just- We need everybody somewhere. Right. right. But we, 
but we don't need everybody to try to be everywhere. Right. It's like there's a, there, I saw a thing online recently, you know, a meme or something. And, and the person was saying like, you know, thank you to the person that's dedicated to the environment and like being an environmental activist. Thank you to the person that's dedicated to these nonprofits. It, it was going through like a whole list of things, recognizing that we cannot be all of the things everywhere. And so everyone playing their part helps the whole. Yes. I love that idea. That's great. Yeah. Well, and I love that it's becoming more, uh, what's the word? Fashionable seems silly, but it kind mainstream. of mainstream to like encourage each other, you know, and yes. not be like, oh, she does this. Like it yes. almost seems like now people, oh, I can't believe she works or I can't believe she doesn't work or I can't believe, you know, she's PTA know. mom. It almost is like tacky to do that now. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I know it still happens and I'm sure it people will whisper it, but it, well, maybe I'm, I'm going to put, I'm going to manifest that. It's just really tacky, everyone. So just <laughs> yes. stop doing it. It's super yes. tacky. Stop doing it. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And if I ever do it, call me out on it because I don't want to be doing it. Same. Um, but it just seems like we're all trying to do better at that and sort of notice ourselves when we are you know, cause it's usually about our own insecurities. It's not mm-hmm. really about the other person. It's, it's about not. us feeling bad about not doing that. Totally. Thing. Yeah. But if you're the recipient, it's hard to remember that, that it's about the other person and not about you. Right. And for moms, it's like such a sensitive time that, and so much guilt already that it's, yeah, it's a lot. We have, we definitely have to stick together. I agree. Well, I love what you're working on and I'm going to look up more about the Transitions Collective. It sounds really cool. Thank you. And just neat to have encouragement for the ideas that you have. I just think sometimes for me, I sometimes have ideas. I'm like, oh, I could do that. I could. And then you, you know, you kind of get back in your routine. And I like the idea of people sort of like, hey, did you follow up on that? Yeah. (laughs) You know, I mean, yeah. Or what are you going to do to follow up on that? Or how are you going to make that happen? And I I like that idea. It's really yeah. Great Thank concept. you. Yeah. It's a it's really a passion of mine because I I just think we can do so much more when we yeah, when we support each other in that way. So fantastic. So is there anything that you were hoping I would ask you about that I haven't asked you about? Oh, that's a that's a great question. Um I guess I guess one thing would be about the impact of working with other moms that are that are supporting the postpartum industry, I guess. Um, I don't know exactly what the question would have been or how has community, how has community impacted me? I think that's a big way that it's impacted me is I've met so many other moms that are also building businesses to help pregnancy and postpartum and to help in that space that it's yes. been really, really motivating. It's really so critical. Motivating. I mean, and that's the part, it's funny because I almost didn't even want to do this podcast series about postpartum because it was just such a lonely time for me. And just yeah. like, oh, it almost like it's, but yet I do I feel passionate about it because I almost want people to just know that you're not the only one who feels that I way, know. you know, but I it's know. just, it's almost like one of those things you want to go through and then tuck it away. You know, I know. let's move on. Let's just, you know, but I love yeah. that there's people who are invested in, you know, making it a better experience and having, having more options. Yeah. And if we don't talk about it and like you're offering a platform to, and a voice to be able to talk about it, if we don't do that, then how will other people know? Right. You know, and how will other moms like have better situations? I, I don't want it to just be okay for moms to just have such an isolating time and okay, you'll get over it. 
like, no, let's talk about it. So maybe they don't, they don't have to struggle as much. Or what if they don't have someone supportive at home, you know, or they're on their own? Like it's, I like to think that having these conversations can help people in so many different ways. And it's part of why we have to use our voices. Yes. I love that. When I, my sister called me after she first had her baby and she was like, why didn't you tell me it was going to be this hard? I might say this in every episode this yeah. because it's so telling to me. Why didn't you tell me it was going to be this hard? I'm like, what could I have said? You know? Right. But I think right. there isn't one sort of like, you know, quotable quote you can hang on your wall. It's just listening to these conversations. Oh yeah, that happened to me. Oh, that happened to me too. Or, you know, this happened to me. Oh, that didn't happen to me. But I, my friend that happened to her, you know, and just kind of knowing that right. there's all these different experiences and whatever you're going through, you're not doing it wrong, you know? Yes. So Yes, I completely agree. So my favorite question to ask last is what do you do for your own self-care while you're making sure you take care of everybody else? What, it, what, what helps you feel like you're filling up your own cup? Yes. So I'm a work in progress, but um, I do a couple of things. I I have time set in my calendar to exercise in the morning. So after, after I take the girls to school, because part of my self-care is also not getting up earlier than I need to. Mm-hmm. So fair. So I get up and, and do the stuff with them and get them ready and get them to school. And then I, I make time for myself to do some type of exercise or and or meditation, um, because I found that both of those help me just clear space in my head and just help me, you know, release, release energy and stay, stay healthy. So that's probably my biggest, the biggest thing that I do. And then sometimes I also make time for journaling. Whenever I really feel like I have the need, like I have all these thoughts in my head and it's becoming overwhelming, I just sit down and, and write a whole bunch. Hmm. And that usually helps. I, I used to journal all the time. I need to, I, I'm glad you said that because that just reminds yeah. me. It's, it's something, you know, I keep buying the books, the blank yeah. books, yes. but I don't put the words inside it. So yes. I need to. <laughs> They're waiting for your words now. I think so. I have like a really beautiful stack right now. There you <laughs> yeah. go. Yeah. Get a well, pen and you're set. <laughs> I, oh, that's the part. Okay. Um, Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me and I love all that you're doing and I can't wait to share this information with the listeners. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and for the work that you're doing. Super important for everyone out there. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Family Brain. If you'd like to learn more about The Family Brain, you can check us out on Instagram or Facebook. And we also have a website that you can listen to past episodes familybrainpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.